everybody. Welcome. Thank you for joining us for another one of our convos, another entry to our convo series. Today joining us is Danny Baby, stylized as D-A-N-I-B-B-Y, all lowercase. Mm-hmm. Thank Hi, you for guys. joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Definitely. You know, it's been a really interesting time, you know, and it's it's really cool to be able to connect with people all over the place and, uh, you know, just talk to them about, you know, their their uh, creative endeavors and, you know, just like what we're really out here trying to pursue. So, uh, you know, we want to thank you for joining us and, um, you know, it's going to be a really interesting conversation because you're a, you're a multifaceted creative right uh maybe <laughs> maybe you can yourself lists all the things that you do just to give people a picture yeah um so you know first and foremost i'm a, I'm a singer songwriter so i do that and my my dog is banging in the background hold on i'm on a meeting <laughs> sorry it's all good um Abby, quiet. Yeah, so I also have a lot of animals. So that's part of my thing is also I run a rescue. I started a rescue um, during the pandemic because there were so many, our shelters and our rescues were so overwhelmed that I was like, I'll just start my own. So I started my own nonprofit. Um, It's called Rebirth Rescue and Animal Sanctuary. So my house is always filled with animals (laughs) and one of them barking in the background right now. Um, So I love that. So I do that. I'm a singer songwriter. Um, I play piano. I play guitar. Um, I do like very basic beat production. Like I don't, I am not great at it, but I, it's something I'll be at my house and I'll be able to kind of work up a really, you know, scratch demo and then get in the studio with my producer and kind of like flush it out, which I really love that I'm able to have like those tools to do that. Um, I'm also a production manager. Um, I was the production coordinator for Kanye West Sunday service, which was incredible. I was the production coordinator for the IMAX film that he did, which was really awesome. I've also been, um, like a post producer. I've kind of just like done all of it within the realm of it, you know, just like whatever I can get my hands on, I'm in. So, um, and that includes rescuing animals from all over Los Angeles. At one point I had like 10 kittens at my house. (laughs) with my two pit bulls and they're just looking at me like what's going on and i was like we're gonna figure it out guys we're gonna figure it out it's no big deal <laughs> awesome yeah so i just wanted to ask like what was the kind of the origins of the of the name danny baby and also how many little wayne references do you get from that right um uh, quite a few little wayne references and and danny baby kind of came from so i'm sober i just celebrated four years of sobriety Congrats. And, um, thank you so much. And Danny baby kind of came from like, I was a pop artist when I was like 14 and 15. Um, and they were molding me, you know, to be very much of like a Britney Spears kind of angle. And, um, I didn't really get to have much of a voice in that because I was, I was a kid and I had like producers and managers and all of this stuff. And so when I was about 16, I just said, like, I'm, d- I'm done with this, you know, like I, I just want to be a kid and I don't want to handle all this stuff that comes along with it. And so when I finally got back into music, which was when I got sober because I was able to like, you know, be level headed and clear and see what was going on. Um, Danny baby is just like 
the rebirth of my sober self and finding myself through my music. Like when you become sober, you're kind of like a baby again. You're like learning how to walk and talk and act and like social cues and like what's appropriate and what's not appropriate and like how you should act and those things of that nature. So Danny baby is just like the rebirth of myself through my music. Very cool. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. The names have meaning, you know, it's nice. You know, it's not, it's not just a nickname. It has like, you know, that, that explorative quality to it. That that's almost like a moniker to remember, you know, right. Like growth. Yeah, no, I, I love it. And my music, even, you know, even with this new single that came out, like the backbeat, if you're not listening to the lyrics, it's very poppy and it's, and it's very, you know, it's very easy going and you can be like, Oh, this is just like another box. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. but then if you listen to the lyrics, you're like, oh, like she's talking about some serious issues that are going on here, you know? Yeah, some and, really serious <laughs> issues. And, you know, after after like three listens, you, you, you get it all. You start like, wait, that's what she's talking about in the beginning. You're like, oh, sh- wow, that's heavy to just go right there to like, you know, no. and then I mean, wow like that's like putting that's like starting out with trauma but like it's masked in this way like you said where the beat and just how the song comes in and feels Mm -hmm. so so much different you know it's almost like uh candy to to your ear and then yeah that's really funny story so uh, Dorian Stramler was the audio engineer for Kanye forever and he he's a huge audio engineer throughout the throughout the industry and um we became really, really close when we were working together and he's like family to me now. And I was making my music, but it was just like stuff I'd put up on SoundCloud, you know, just like stuff I made at my house that was just like very personal. And he called me dead cricket lady. He's like, Danny, this, this stuff is so sad. Like you (laughs) cannot, like you're so talented, but this stuff, I'm so depressed. Like you cannot, you can't go in with all of it at once. And I was like, no, I am true to myself as an artist and I'm just going to be super sad and he was like bro like you have to match it with something and so when when we wrote I grew up in LA I was like okay we got to give it this kind of candy beat you know to get people like to offset the really vulgar and you know really emotional lyrics in this song and so that's what happened you know because he told me I had to stop being dead cricket girl Danny Baby, a.k.a. Dead Cricket Girl. I like that. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, he heard the song and he was like, okay, okay, there we go. There we go. He was like, your lyrics are still just as devastating. He's like, but now I can like, I can listen to it. You know, he's like, I got the like, you know, like Sweet and Sour Patch Kids. Like you got the good mixture of it. It's kind of like, what's that saying? Where it's like, you give people hard truths with like uh, candy coating, basically stuff like that, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And I, I really wanted people to be able to like be open and receptive to it. So I knew that I had to give them a soft landing while they're like kind of, you know, internalizing what I'm talking about. And I guess about your songwriting, you know, like we've been alluding to is like, you do have this kind of brutal honesty to your lyrics and to how you express yourself. And I guess, yeah. has it always been your songwriting style did you have to like evolve to that point and then like also who are some of like your biggest influences coming up that because there are a lot of like I think of like Fiona Apple who's like very open about 
everything she has in her songwriting and somebody like that who also delivers the pop side of things. So like, are those type of artists, you know, have been influences onto kind of your music now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, songwriting started when I was little as like a safe, cause I started journaling when I was really young. Cause I kind of, I had a, a traumatic childhood. And so things at home were always really chaotic. And so writing things down was a way to me, like I could safely express what was going on and I couldn't get in trouble for my feelings. And then when I learned that I could put that to music, to piano, I was like, oh my gosh, I can write, I can write songs like this. And, um, growing up a couple staples in our house were Ani DeFranco and her songwriting was unbelievable because, um, first of all, she doesn't really care about like verse, second verse, pre-chorus, chorus, right? She gets on the guitar and she just writes a song about whatever's going on. And it was so beautiful. Like it was so brutal, but it was so beautiful in the same way. And then Chris Isaac, like Chris Isaac, the way that, and he, he did a better job of like, not, I don't want to say better, but he, he was going more mainstream than Ani DeFranco was. And so in the way that he created his songs, they were still very honest, but you got the consistency of like verse, second, first bridge, pre-chorus and kind of that notion of it. And those, I mean, I used to listen to Ani DeFranco like on repeat, like that was just the way, and I could never play guitar like her, even in my million, like the, my wildest dreams, it can never happen. But her, her, like the way she writes her lyrics, it, it, I'm, I'm just so inspired by it because she puts everything on the table. And after you listen to an album of hers, you feel like you actually know her because it's all based in some truth. Mm. That's dope. Yeah, I mean, songwriting, especially just pulling from your own life. So that's one thing. Uh, it seems a lot of your work is like very personal and, mm-hmm. and like, um, I guess, inspired by your own life, you know? Yeah. Is that, like, hard to, you know, um, just do, you know? Like, because at first you said, like, it is journaling and stuff. So then when when you transition from, like, writing to, uh, you know, the audio element or a video Mm -hmm. or something, Mm -hmm. uh, now you're sharing and collaborating, whereas before you are kind of isolated by yourself, you know? Um, Right. Was that sort of something you had to get used to when you came uh, sort of getting into music again? Yeah. I mean, I think I had to get used to the fact that there was like a structure and there was a way in which, um, and this is like the ego of every artist. There's a way in which someone can help you make it better. Right. Even though your thoughts are your thoughts and they're valid and all these things, that's why you have a team. And there's a way in which that you can give them all of your thoughts and be like, this is what the song's about. Here's what I've written about. Now, let's let's turn it into something that people want to listen to right because as a songwriter um you also need the engineer and you need the producer because that's their talent right that's their way of saying great you have the bones of this song that are incredible now let's all get in here and let's make the finished package you know so it was it's definitely um it's an ego thing that you have to, you have to get rid of because you have to know that they're not saying that your lyrics aren't great and that your songwriting isn't incredible, but you need to collaborate with other people to make it the best that it can be, you know? And I think that as an artist, I've seen it happen with other artists that that's kind of their ego just gets them to stop 
because they won't allow their music to grow in that way. Right. Well, that's kind of like the fine balance as being like a musician, right? Is finding that Mm -hmm. being true to yourself, but then also having to create music that can reach kind of a wider audience because you can create the greatest song ever, but if nobody listens to it, I mean, it doesn't matter. Yeah. (laughs) You still want people to actually listen to what you made, you know, so everybody still has that ego part of them. So you do have to kind of give up a little bit of yourself to have other, to invite other people in. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's kind of what happened with, I grew up in LA and this whole EP that I'm putting together was, I was very like the music I was making before is like, I don't need anybody else. This is my truth. Like blah, 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 blah. And everyone being like, Danny, like, I know you're, cause I'm a very private person, right? Like when I'm in the studio, it's just me and my audio engineer and like my producer, like I don't have friends come in. I, no one comes and visits. It's like a very one-on-one intimate space, you know? And because of my life and the things that I have gone through, as you can hear in the song, I also have trust issues. So like allowing new people to come into my creative process was really hard for me. Mm-hmm. And so being able to find someone that I trusted and who made me feel comfortable to, to go further and create this new EP that's coming out has been such an incredible journey. And seeing that like, not all people want to turn me into some pop star that's going to sing about nothing that matters, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's, that's my biggest fear is what, not being true to myself. Yeah. Was Tim uh, Sonnenfeld, who's he the guy you were working with for the yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, did you have happen to meet him before um, or how'd that relationship start and like, how, how's it been? Great. Tim is fantastic. And I met Tim because the owner of um, Red Star Recording is one of my really good friends. And so I called Dave and I was like, Hey, um, and he's been in the music industry forever. Like he was in social distortion. He's, he's toured with people all over the country, all over the world. And I was like, I want to come in and start this new EP, but like, I don't know who I can trust. And he was like, I'm telling you, Danny, you can trust him. Like I've known him because they're Philly guys. So they go like 15 or something years back. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you can trust him. And from the minute that I walked into the studio, Tim just started asking me questions about like who I was and like what I've been through. And like, we didn't even get into writing anything. It was just like getting to know each other. And like, what are my dislikes? It was like a date, you know, <laughs> but like, it was like a date job interview where there were no rules and just like complete transparency. And by the end of it, we had, we had become so close in that short eight hours. And then we started working on, I grew up in LA. And from there it's, it's just like, I can walk in the studio and the first thing that happens when I have a new song, he'll be like, okay, walk me through this. Cause any song that I write is because it happened. Right. So it's like, what is this? And I'm like, okay, this is about X, Y, and Z. He's like, cool. Let's go back to 2011. Let's sit there for a little bit. Let's talk about all everything that happened. And then we'll start writing the song so that he can actually mentally be there with me. So he's not trying to put things in the song that don't, that don't belong. Mm -hmm. And I never want to lose Tim. I hope he never stops working with me because I just love him so much. (laughs) That sounds like a really dope process. Yeah. 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 Wow. That's really yeah. Cool. yeah. I feel bad. Like he's my therapist sometimes, you know, cause there's like some super dark stuff that I'm talking about and I'm like, dude, Tim, I'm sorry to be such a bummer. And he's like, no, it's great. 
He was like, I see things. I'm learning so much. And I was like, oh my God. Every time I come in, he's like, what war story is she going to tell me today? And I'm just like, I'm sorry. I'm yeah. so sorry. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, because I don't know if we want to dive back into the lyrics or maybe ask you about other stuff and then go come back to the lyrics so we can play the song in a little bit. But Yeah, whatever you guys want to do. Okay. Um, well, I mean, when we started at the top, you kind of gave us your list of the multifacetedness, you know, and um, we had yeah. sort of briefly mentioned you um, being um, a producer, correct? Uh, or production? Uh, production coordinator. Mm -hmm. Coordinator, right. Yeah. So like, that's, that's like heavy, heavy lifting in terms of a job. Like you got to that's a, that's a lot of infrastructure and, and, mm -hmm. and to be, you know. Well, not just for it, any job either, for like Kanye West Sunday service, which is yeah. about as big of a project as I can think of in recent times, for sure. Yeah, yeah. one of the most notable, you know, like just, just projects, like occurrences, happenings in music, right? Um, yeah. So uh, I would just love to hear... Um, your experience with that, like what you grow and learn, what were the difficulties in the, you right. know, just trying to, you know, overcome the, the curveballs and stuff, you know, it's just a lot. Right. Of it was, I mean, first of all, it was probably one of the most incredible things I have ever been a part of. Um, not just professionally, but spiritually and being able to be a part of of going to the rehearsals, you know, and seeing the way that this performance and, and what it really meant, you know, um, and that it really was like a church, you know, it was really for healing. It, that's, that's really all that it was, but it was so beautiful to watch. And it was the busiest I've ever been in my life. Um, it was, you know, and a coordination for that is because, A, there's so many people and then we're doing things outside, right? So all of the natural elements in the world can mess up a performance, right? It yeah. can rain or, you know what I mean? The, the, or the sun's too bright or, yeah, oh, <laughs> too much yeah, outside I mean, noise. Yeah, everything. everything could happen, you know, and the permit. And it's just basically like getting every single person, because my job especially was... And, and this is just how I work was making sure that everybody was okay. Right. Like I was like the mom of the set, like, are my PAs okay? That got there at 3am. Like is catering. Okay. Are the performers. Okay. Is yay. Okay. Is his family. Okay. Like, is everybody okay? Are the guests. Okay. You know what I mean? And I'm being responsible for the, that many, uh, so many emotions, you know, was like really draining, but in a beautiful way. And um, getting to see how much respect he gave to his chorus and how his choir and really that it was their show, you know, he didn't really perform much at Sunday service. He was just really there, you know. Um, and the coolest part was most of the time we did it outside and we'd get there at three 30 or four in the morning to set up because service is at 8 AM and we got to watch the sunrise and like, everyone's about to walk out. And it was, I just, I can't even like, I can't describe it. Like the coolest meditation that I ever had was probably those mornings, you know, it was like everything settled down, everything's in place. The guests are there. Everyone's happy. 
And then you see the choir walk out and it's like just being sunrise and they perform these songs that are so powerful. And then when it's done, you're like, how am I even here? Like, how am I a part of this? Like what happened for me to land here? You know? And, um, I always had an incredible experience. You know, I got to see people, I got to go places. Um, but it's hard work. And I, and I do have to say that, like, I could have never handled that type of job if it wasn't for my spiritual level that I'm at today. And also being sober, like it just couldn't happen. Like the amount of detail that goes into being a production coordinator is crazy. And if anything falls through the cracks, like I'm done, you know, like I'm, I'm done. Like that's it for me. You know? Yeah. I mean, and he's notoriously known for like little focusing on like little details. So yeah. I'm sure, I'm yeah. sure it was definitely an intense like run of, of anything. And then, but I'm also sure that was like such a crash course for you. I'm like yeah. how to run something like this in the future and like how to get things done in a certain way musically. And like, I'm sure that experience was, was second to none. I mean, yeah, it was, it was absolutely incredible. Like I learned so much from him and he was always so kind to me, you know, me and Ye had a really wonderful relationship and yeah, his, his, uh, attention to detail is so helpful because now, like, I mean, I've always been super organized and kind of OCD in that way, but seeing it from his end and like a production level and what works and what doesn't and how you may think that that color really doesn't matter, but actually it does. And it changes the entire mood of a performance, you know, or that one note changes the entire mood of a performance and being able to see that and learn from that. I mean, I, I'm just, I'm so blessed from that. You know, it was just absolutely incredible. And people are like, you're working for Sunday service. How did that happen? I'm like, really? I don't know. Like, I don't know how this happened. Like it just happened. And I can say nothing more than it's, you know, the universe, uh, took me there because I, I didn't do anything. You know what I mean? Like that was, that was not me. You know, it was, it was not me. I just ended up there and and did the best that I could. You know, it was, it wasn't something I like sought out to do. And, and and I just remember one day being, I think we were in Chicago and I was just like, how did I get here? Like, where am I? You know what I mean? Like what's going on? Um, but it was great. Yeah. 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 Awesome though. I mean, because it's like so many different levels that hit you with, right? Because it's like on one end, it's like, you know, professionally you're learning, working hard, you know, striving, you know. And then on another end, you're like kind of in awe of just like the experience of just just, you know, as as a as a guest almost getting to 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 happen to be there. Uh something so crazy is is really awesome, you know. Yeah, it's I still look back at it and it kind of just like doesn't seem real, you know, that I was like up at front with it every Sunday for almost a year, you know, like it was just, but it was, it was my job, you know, but yeah. then I would like take a step back and be like, no, like <laughs> this is some history in the making, you know, and, and, um, and the credits it will say, you know, your name right there, production coordinator. Yeah. Gotta, you know. yeah. Seeing that on the IMAX film, I was like, Okay. <laughs> okay. I, I guess can... he was there, right? Like that. Yeah. I was like, I just did happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, that's like, my name. Musically, were you able to like pick up anything being surrounded by so many, you know, singers and musicians and artists and like I don't know if I don't know if you were too busy to like actually, but I don't know if you just secondhand kind of just soaked up anything musically from from that experience. I mean, yeah, definitely. 
really, I think, I think like the energy of it, you know, of like, you have to come with like being around like the choir and the way that they loved each other and the way that they worked with one another. I was like, this is the way to like make your music. Do you know what I mean? Because if you're not creating these types of relationships and also it's a give and take, like whoever my team is, you know, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm not courteous and I'm not loving and all of these things. Like I, I want to be someone that I want to work with. Right. You know, and I know for me, like in like any human, if you're stressed out and you're tired, you're going to get, you're going to get bratty. That's just, that's just what happens. But you have to remember that when you're with other people, like your mood affects their mood. And to make sure that even if like people are there for me, like people are there for me, I need to be still, I need to make sure that they're okay. Right. I need to make sure that they have what they need and kind of just seeing that family dynamic with them, which I have always tried to instill in my life, but it just seeing it happen in such a large scale of them being a family, like that's how I want to be within my music with whoever I'm working with, you know? So that was incredible. And detail, like detail matters. Mm. Like if that one note, if you, if you really think that it could be better and you just don't want to go back to the studio for the, you know, hundredth time, but you know that that, like when you listen to it in the car a million times and that note is still bothering you, like go fix that note because that note could be the difference between that song hitting and that song not hitting because I've seen it, you know, that detail matters. That's where the work comes in. That's so interesting. And, you know, a lot of even the way you describe like with the choir and like and and then with the details and stuff, it kind of reminds me of um, the artist that you're collaborating with soon, uh, Willow. And like her vibe seems very um, detail oriented, but then also very like um, spirit like like feeling and vibe and trying to make sure the note communicates the feeling type of. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, and also the way you built the relationship, right? Because you're talking about mm-hmm. uncomfortable and, and, and all that. So, um, yeah, I would just love to hear, um, A, how, maybe how long your relationship has, you know, been. Like, when did you start uh, developing a relationship with her? And then what mm-hmm. made you guys decide to collaborate? Um, well, I've been working with her for, uh, we're on the second year. Um, and she's the best person I've ever worked for. She's incredible. She's just like one of the kindest people I had ever met. And I was, we were working one day and and she was doing her thing and I was just, you know, I was there, but it was a late night and I had my headphones on and I was working on a beat and I, I thought it was quiet. You know, I'd like my big headphones on and I was working on a beat and I was on my laptop, you know, just like doing what I do. And she had, it had gotten silent in the room and, and she said, what is that? And I was like, Oh, I'm so sorry if that was too loud. And she was like, no, 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 no. I want to hear that. And I was like, no, like, it's not, it's not, not done. Yeah, not yet. Like, yeah. Like this is not done. Like, cause as much like she's, she's, she's her, right. Like I respect her as an artist so much that I was like, she can't listen to this. Like I'm going to be mortified. You know what I mean? It's not even mixed. Like it's just, it's in the very beginning stages I'm producing this beat. And she's like, Danny, just let me hear it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. And I was like, okay. So I play it and she loved it. 
And I was like, you don't have to, you don't have to say it. Like my feelings aren't going to be hurt. She was like, no, like this is really good. And she was like, what about if I jump on and add some like drums and bass and guitar and keys? And I said, seriously? And she was like, oh yeah. And, and watching her just the fact that she didn't have to like practice anything. The fact that she could just listen to the song and jumped on the bass and played this incredible line throughout the song. And then she listened to it again and jumped on the keys and made this part in the pre-chorus that couldn't have, that wouldn't be, the song wouldn't be what it is without that intro that she just got on the piano and was like, what about this? And I was like, what? (laughs) And then she, she jumped on the drums and like the guitar and I was the difference. And then, Oh my God, I was, I don't think I've ever been so nervous in my life. She has me go in the vocal booth and I was like, no, (laughs) this is good. You, you put your flair on it. And like, I'm going to work on the vocals by myself, like no big deal. And she's like, Danny, come on. Like, cause she's, she's so kind. You know what I mean? And we were at a really well-known recording studio and she said, don't you want to say that you've recorded here? Like, come on, go in there. I was like, I'm like overwhelmed and I remember being in the vocal booth and she's like she's coaching me you know she's like okay what about this note like let's try it this way let's try like half an octave like let's go you know and she would play it over the you know she'd be speaking to me and she would she would play the keyboard like a vocal producer would do and she was just sitting there with me on her time Mm. walking me through this and um to this date I mean it was the cool the coolest thing that's ever happened to me. And, you know, she doesn't sing on it. Um, but her, the way she helped me produce it and like figure out the way the melody should go and everything she added musically. I mean, and she does, she, she changed this bridge that we had and I don't want to give it away to basically just like these two genres that are in this song, you've never really heard them blend together at one point. And when she jumped on and worked her magic, she made that happen. And it was so incredible. Like if that, if this song, like I've said so many times, just stayed on my laptop and no one ever heard it, like it wouldn't matter. Do you know what I mean? The fact that like this happened, that's all that matters. Do you know what I mean? But the fact that I get to share it with the world pretty soon is, I mean, I'm so grateful to her on so many levels. Um, And I was just inspired being able to watch her work and her work ethic. I learned so much from her work ethic. Yeah. Sounds amazing. And and to be clear, like this is for um, your forthcoming song, Swipe Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Not out yet, but hopefully this year. And hopefully, like you said, you, you and the email it's the breakup anthem of the year that's what i'm, that's what I'm i hearing. hope so you know like i was like wait no one's ever written about like like swipe right hasn't been a tagline in any song i was like yeah, that doesn't make any sense yeah. you yeah. know yeah and, right? yeah <laughs> yeah and it's about an ex-girlfriend of mine and i wish i had never swiped right you know you know that's where it came from is i messed up <laughs> I like messed that. up i like that well, yeah. I'm definitely looking forward to hearing to that hearing that song uh, sometime this year. But the reason that you know we came into contact with each other was you are you just released a single recently called "I Grew Up in L.A." And I guess if you want to kind of I don't know uh, preface the song a little bit, how it got how it got created, the process behind it, maybe go to a little bit of the lyrics and whatnot. 
Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up in LA. I actually wrote it originally. It was like four or five in the morning and I could not sleep. And whenever that happens, it's usually because there's a song sitting in my brain somewhere. So I sat up and I grabbed my, my guitar and I wrote this really like kind of like angsty song, you know, and, um, and what it's about is, so obviously I grew up in LA, that's real. And it's about the, the trauma that I've endured here from, um, becoming addicted to drugs because of one of my first serious relationships, which I touch on in the first verse, you know, it says, um, like people think I'm going to say fell in love with blue eyes, but it's, you know, I fell in love with that blue pill and I chased it down with some white girls. So blue pills, oxy and, and white girls, cocaine. And, um, that kind of set me off on my, my run, as we like to call it from, you know, 16 until 27. And, um, so the, the trauma of being addicted to drugs at that young and being in the industry and, and knowing people in the industry and, and the things that they ask for from women, you know, of basically like you do this for me and I'll do this for you. And you're kind of just like so young. And I didn't have a parental figure at that, at that time, really, because of a lot of complicated family issues. And I, I just was like, okay, you know, like I didn't know what to do. And so it touches on like sexual assault and it, and it touches on eating disorders because from the age of five, I was, you know, in pageants and like in front of casting directors and being told that I needed to lose weight and to be skinnier and my cheeks had too much fat. And, you know, basically from a young age, staring at myself constantly and being like, I need to be prettier, you know, like being 13 and like throwing up my food. Right. And like the struggles of, because this story isn't just about me. I know so many other women and men that have gone through this in this town of just like, you have to look a certain way. You need to stay young. You need to do your drug. You basically need to be pretty skinny and shut up. Right. Like that's what it is. And so that's what the song is about is being, is going through all of that. But then at the end being like jokes on you because I made it, you know, I made it out better and stronger and I didn't let this town take me. Um, and I don't feel, I mean, it's touched about a lot in like movies and things of that nature, but it's like, people think that it's not real, mm-hmm. you know, like it's something that's created in a script, but it's so real. Yeah. They definitely think people that are from outside California for sure. Definitely think it's more like a over, you know, exaggerated kind of, you know, stereotype like you see in movies and TV shows and, and you just right. hear about, but the, the reality behind it, I think you really brought the reality part of the worst parts of the LA culture, you know, to, right. to the song. And like you're saying, you, there are other songs, but not really. They're always kind of from a, I think of like a, maybe like Katy Perry and like California Girls, which is like this very happy, you know, just everything's yeah. just great, you know, lifestyle right. out there. But then there's like always, the, but then there's this side of LA that, you know, that doesn't really get talked about too much. Yeah. No one, no one talks about also the, what it does to your psyche as a young girl and being put in that spotlight, right? Like, Finally, like the Britney Spears documentary just came out. You know what I mean? But for so long, like it's just starting to get spoken about. But like no one thought that it was wrong to put a 13 year old girl in a pageant and be based on her looks and then be putting her with these casting directors who are grown men saying that I need to be sexier and I need to look older. I'm 13. You know what I mean? And so 
then I get addicted to drugs and I'm like, okay, I got to be what they told me I need to be. Right. So I'm going to do whatever you say or tell me to do to be loved and to be validated. Right. Because that's what's bred and that's how I make money and that's how I I'm cool. Right. And it's, it's a load of, you know, BS. It's just, and no one talks about that. Like putting your kids, unless you have a discussion with your kids and you're raising them a certain way that you're going to be so present with them. Don't do that to them. You know what I mean? Like you need to fully be there even more because the rejection that I felt as a kid, like it's insane. You know, and I know it's getting better in the industry now with everything that's come out, but back then, yo, it was not, it was not good. Yeah. I mean, like you said, it hasn't really been talked about, but it's kind of starting to kind of creep into more of the mainstream, particularly like music. Cause then there are like a lot of ex Disney singers and actresses and stuff, all these, like they're talking more openly about it. And then like their music's becoming kind of, I feel like it's getting to that point where they can openly talk about these issues more. And that, right. and, you know, like, so, so it is nice to see that things are kind of shifting towards a more realistic and more truthful position, particularly yeah. in music itself. So. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's such a struggle as a female artist to not only be taken seriously, but to be respected, especially if you're not going to do what the old boys want you to do. Right. Cause that boys club still exists oh, because yeah. someone with my talent, if there's two of me, right. It's two Danny's the one that's like, no, I'm not going to do what you want me to do. Probably if I, you know, it's going to be a lot harder for me to get the same opportunities as Danny too, who's going to do what they want me to do. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And so now that we're talking more about it, it can't happen as much. Um, And so I just want to keep talking about it. You know, I want to keep talking about my struggles because that's what music's about for me. It's not about being famous. It's not about people knowing my name. It's, it's that when I was 14, I heard someone's song and I was like, Oh, I'm not alone. Like I'm not the only one that feels like this, Mm. you know? And so I, I want, you know, and I get those messages from, from people and they're just like, I don't have a huge following, but it could be 50 people, you know, that are like, Hey, I wanted to kill myself today. And I listened to your music and I realized that I'm not alone. And I'm like, dude, yeah, that's right. You know what I mean? Like, that's what matters to me is that someone else. Yeah. Someone else I'm connecting with whoever that is. And it could just be that one person, you know, and that's more than enough for me. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, everything we're talking about seems like very heavy topics and everything, but then we also talked about how like the production and how the actual song is written. It's also still very poppy and catchy and like very radio like friendly until you really dig into the lyrics. And I guess, you know, we want to play it for, you know, all our viewers that can watch this later on so that they can actually get, you know, a chance to hear it and, you know, we'll talk about it a little bit. And, And that's all Tim, you know, Tim did all of that beautiful like production of that where it makes you want to like, you want to, when you're driving down PCH, like you want to put up, I grew up in LA, you know, it like, if you're not listening to the lyrics and you're just listening to the beat, like that's what you want to put on. Yeah, and so, yeah, Tim, Tim's the man. Play that too. There's like two parts in the song that like kind of stuck out to me. Well, let's play it now. Let's play it. Yeah, now. we can play it for sure. And then we'll talk about it. Okay. So we'll just play it for everybody right now. So there we go. <laughs>
<laughs> but yeah, I mean, right right before we played it, what I was gonna ask you about were uh, two parts closer to the end, actually. One was okay. sort of vocal snippet um, mm-hmm. where it's like either a phone call or like you just recording. Uh, talking and it's sort of layered over. I was wondering just like about that, like just that part. Yeah, we uh, we were in the studio. That's uh, me and Tim. And we were talking about like what inspired that song, you know, and why, why I wrote I Grew Up in L.A. and what L.A. means to me, you know, like because L.A. isn't just a city to me. L.A. is like a person to mm. me. L.A. is a relationship. It's it's so much more than a town. And so unbeknownst to me, he recorded it. And so for the bridge, he was like, what are you thinking for the bridge? I was like, you know, I kind of want to like, want to do a little talking, but I'm not sure, you know, what it would be. He's like, oh, you mean like this? I was like, okay. <laughs> Smooth. Smooth. Yeah. That definitely set the tone for like um, the next part that I was going to ask you about, but like, just like even what you were saying in that part, you said like uh, you have to make your own game because that's the only way to win. Just like yeah. saying a lot of empowerment, sort of like fuck that boys club kind of shit that's been going on and, you yeah. know, take, taking, you know, your the reins. Right. And like, right. Yeah, yeah, I really like that. Yeah, it was it's so much of that of like fuck the boys club and also like all of the stereotypes that are put on people. Right. Like that I have to be one way, right? That my entire album has to be a pop album or that I can't, you know, be gay for six years and then realize I wasn't gay and that I'm fluid, right? And like get all of that and that I have to look a certain way and I have to dress a certain way and I can't talk about those things and I can't be successful. And it's like, no, I'm I'm playing my own game. Like this is, these are my roles, you know? And what's meant for me will always be. So fuck what you have to say essentially, you know, and, um, I don't have to be any which way to succeed. You know, it's, it's li- literally just up to me cause I'm not going to take no for an answer. Yeah. So, yeah. No. Well, across the board from production to songwriting to everything, it, it definitely caught my attention and caught our attention. And I think right. this is a great song. Like this is a great pop so song. Uh, you know, for me personally, I get like, we get so many emails about, artists, musicians and stuff. So not everything quite catches our radar, but you know, I think like you said, all the little details, they matter so much. And I think you nailed all the little details in this song from the cover art to the lyrics to the production. And thank you so much. We're very like excited to see, you know, any, what you have in the future for sure. Yeah. Thank you so much. It really, it it means so much as you know, as an artist and, and when people thank you for your show, it just, it, to have someone actually hear it and listen and recognize it, you know, it, it's everything to me. So I really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, the last thing I wanted to mention was um, those vocals at the end, you know, the, uh, the layered vocals at the top. I love that just because, uh, because they really came over and, and it felt like um, kind of how you we were talking about Sunday service before, just like it mm-hmm. felt like that a little bit, like the way you were laying that. So. Um, yeah. We wanted to just you know. do, we did like 10 harmonies. I mean, places that like my voice, I didn't know could hit. And we would just, we just kept going and going. And then at the end I was like, Whoa. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool, you cool, got cool. Range, girl, you got rage. <laughs> I sure do. Yeah. Surprised myself. But 
I got to hand it off to Tim. I mean, he's, I mean, he's worked with Usher. He's worked with Lil Wayne. Like he's just, he's his boy from Philly. Who's just got mad skills. He's just, he's incredible. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So this is available now on pretty much all streaming services, correct? Yep. All streaming services. It is there. It'll even be available in South Korea on April 20th. Cause I just signed a um, distribution deal with a label out there. Hey, so, congrats. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah. I don't know how many South Korea viewers we have, but if you're in South Korea, but it will be available. There. If you are, it's available. <laughs> <laughs> and also 2021, you have that song swipe, right? Coming out, collaborating with yes. Will Smith at some point. Yep. Yep. It'll be out soon. So any EP, any EP this year, next year, hopefully. Yeah, EP's gonna EP's gonna come out this year. So I'm gonna have Swipe Right, and then um, I'm gonna I'm gonna drop the EP, which has some crazy stuff on it. Like it's crazy. Like it's just it doesn't make any sense, but it makes so much sense. It's just I basically was like, I don't care what a genre is. If it sounds cool, I'm blending it in with this. And it's just we went. I mean, we've got we've got megaphones on it. Like we've got screams on. It. I mean, it's just it's crazy. It's so crazy, but I love it. I'm so excited. All right. Well, we're definitely interested, and in, you know, hopefully, maybe we'll have you back on here to talk about you know that EP and the other stuff you have going on. Yeah, and uh, where can people follow you? Instagram, Twitter, yes. Facebook. Um, Instagram is swipe right bby um and then twitter is swipe right bby so swipe right bby is a big one um facebook is actually danny baby which is bby and then tiktok which i'm not ever on but i'm trying to learn because i guess that's what the kids do these days um it's also danny baby yeah d-a-n-i-b-b-y so i put some funny videos up there you will see my rescue animals on there if you go so that might we'll entice have you all the links down below this video this post article wherever it goes up for everybody to go follow so definitely go follow her go get her streaming numbers up for i grew up in la uh, it's a great song and thank you danny baby for joining us please say the baby thank you for joining us <laughs> thank you so much for having me yeah. you guys i'll talk to you soon i really appreciate it awesome thank you okay. bye